Letter sixteen of Letters from Egypt by Lady Lucy Duff Gordon. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. To Sir Alexander Duff Gordon, Cairo, May twenty fifth, eighteen sixty three. Dearest Alec, I have spun such a yarn to my mother that I shall make it serve for both. It may amuse you to see what impression Cairo makes. I ride along my valiant donkey, led by the stalwart Hassan and attended by Omar and constantly say, Oh, if our master were here, how pleased he would be! Husband is not a correct word. I went out to the tombs yesterday. Fancy that Omar witnessed the destruction of some sixty-eight or so of the most exquisite buildings, the tombs and mosques of the Arab Khalifas, which Said Pasha used to divert himself with bombarding for practice for his artillery. Omar was then in the boy corps of camel artillery, now disbanded. Thus the pasha added to the piquancy of sacrilege to barbarity. The street and the neighbors would divert you. Opposite lives a Christian dyer who must be the seventh brother of the admirable barber. The same impertinence, loquacity, and love of meddling in everybody's business. I long to see him thrashed, though he is a constant comedy. My delightful servant, Omar Abu el-Halawa, the father of sweets, his family are pastry-cooks, is the type of all the amiable jeune premiere of the stories. I am privately of the opinion that he is better at Din Hassan, the more that he can make cream tarts and there is no pepper in them. Cream tarts are not very good, but lamb stuffed with pistachio nuts fulfills all one's dreams of excellence. The Arabs next door and the Levantines opposite are quiet enough, but how they do eat all the cucumbers they buy of the man who cries them every morning as fruit gathered by sweet girls in the garden with the early dew. The more I see of the black slums of Cairo, the more in love I am with it. The oldest European towns are tame and regular in comparison, and the people are so pleasant. If you smile at anything that amuses you, you get the kindest, brightest smiles in return. They give hospitality with their faces, and if one brings out a few words, Mash'Allah, what Arabic the Sit Inglaise speaks! The Arabs are clever enough to understand the amusement of a stranger and to enter into it, and are amused in turn, and they are wonderfully unprejudiced. When Omar explains to me their views on various matters, he adds, The Arab people think so, I know not if right, and the way in which the Arab merchants worked the electric telegraph, and the eagerness of the fellaheen for steam-ploughs, are quite extraordinary. They are extremely clever and nice children, easily amused, easily roused into a fury which lasts five minutes and leaves no malice, and half the lying and cheating of which they are accused comes from misunderstanding and ignorance. When I first took Omar, he was by way of ten pounds, twenty pounds, being nothing for my dignity. But as soon as I told him that my master was a bey who got one hundred pounds a month and no bakshish, he was as careful as if for himself. They see us come here, and do what only their greatest pashas do, hire a boat to ourselves, and of course think our wealth is boundless. The lying is mostly from fright. They dare not suggest a difference of opinion to a European, and lie to get out of scrapes which blind obedience has often got them into. As to the charges of shopkeepers, that is the custom, and the haggling of ceremony you must submit to. It is for the purchaser or employer to offer a price and fix wages, the reverse of Europe, and if you ask the price they ask something fabulous at random. 
I hope to go home next month, as soon as it gets too hot here and is likely to be warm enough in England. I do so long to see the children again. End of letter 16. Read by Sibella Denton. All LibriVox files are in the public domain. For more information, please visit LibriVox.org.